You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the L-O-B, Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. Obviously a huge day, Browns-wise, and we'll get to that with the initial 53. So whether it's Apple, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure you are following or subscribe to the Locked On Browns podcast, and you are leaving those five-star ratings and written reviews. Today's episode of Locked On Browns is brought to you by the Locked On NFL Ultimate Season Preview. August 30th through September 8th, you will get each division put under the microscope. We're joining here with Odyssey's experts, whether it's a Brian Baldinger, whether it's a Michael Irvin, you're going to get roundtables from all of our hosts of each of those divisions, day in, day out. Check out the coverage on Odyssey, or of course, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, with the final, and it's actually already down to a 52-man roster, we're going to break this down with Stephen Thomas because I think there's some things number-wise. And again, folks, this isn't it. This is not what the train is rolling into Kansas City with. There's still going to be some changes. But just initially, some things that maybe just maybe just a little bit twinkle the eye and certainly make you think about some things. So from the OBR, Mr. Stephen Thomas. And Steve, for me, the first one, It's, and I'm not saying, you know, that Joe Jackson, Porter Gustin, Curtis Weaver, or Malvo, any one of them were setting the world on fire, so to speak. But now you look at Miles Garrett, you look at Jadavian Clowney, a little bit of the injury history there, as we all know. You look at Tack McKinley, and to say everybody's all in on Tack McKinley right now, you can't be. You just can't. So you have three edges. And for a team, with a defensive coordinator that we've listened speak since the day he got here about his love of the safety position, his love of wanting to play so much nickel and dime. Granted, now it's at six, but seven linebackers, even six linebackers, something's coming here, Steve. There's got to be something coming. Yeah, it's one of those things where, <clears throat> you know, like we always say, the initial 53 is not the 53 for week one. The initial 53 isn't even going to be the 53 by Thursday. You know, I mean, that's just the way it is. <laughs> you know that going in. But, yeah, it was a little strange um, that uh, they're running with only three true edges. Now, I know the Maliks can both, uh, you know, reportedly go inside and outside. And we thought the same thing with Sheldon Day because they played him a lot at edge and he did pretty well. So we thought, oh, maybe that's what they're going to do. But it almost I, thought like maybe Sheldon Je- Sheldon Day would take Joe Jackson's spot. Like he could do that part of the edge. But go ahead. Right, that was what we all thought twenty four hours ago. It might be something in that world. But I did think they would keep a fourth just to hedge their bets. But the thing that people have to keep in mind when it comes to the initial fifty three is it's not all about who's the best player. It's about who they think might or might not get through waivers. Um, because they have some procedural things that they have, they have to do with Jacob Phillips and potentially Michael Dunn on short-term IR. And, you know, we don't know if they might do it with Grant Delpit or, um, you know, Higgins is still out. You know, uh, Richard Higgins might go on the short-term IR. We don't know. 
So they have to keep some guys that they, you know, they know they can wiggle with those spots. So I thought they would hedge their bets just in case to have a safety net, to have a fourth one on there. But they must think one of two things, or maybe both of these things. One, at least one of those guys will make it through waivers so they can bring them back. Or they've got somebody they got their eye on that they're reasonably confident they can either waiver claim or trade for at the edge group because there's just no way that they're running with three true edges. I, I get the Maliks can rotate out there, but it's just not going to happen. And, you know, we were talking for the last several weeks. You had me on your show, I think it was last week, and we said we don't even know where the snaps for the fifth uh, linebacker are going to come from. That guy's probably going to be, you know, mostly a special teams guy. You're telling me there's seven? I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, one of those is Jacob Phillips going on at least short-term IR. So it, technically, I guess there's six. But even that, where are the snaps going to come from? So if I am uh, Malcolm Smith, if I am Mac Wilson, uh, even Sione Takitaki, you know, I'm not signing a long-term lease just yet because you got to think somebody either on the edge and or somebody in that defensive backfield, at least one, probably two or three from the outside are coming in. And that's one of the spots where they're going to make room from, you know, Jacob Phillips will be one spot. Michael Dunn will be another spot, potentially one more guy on the offensive line, depending on what they do could be another spot, but it seems more likely that at least one more of those uh, for the guys in the linebacker room are not going to be here, even though they made the initial 53. So yeah, it's the, it's like that uh, that Tom Hanks gift that you and I like to use. Just wait, 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 just wait. You know, th- this isn't it yet. There's a corresponding move, and then there will be another one because, you know, they'll make all the waiver claims and award them tomorrow, and then people will start going on the practice uh, the practice squads. But other teams are going to be releasing two or three guys to bring in waiver claims as well, and from that group, there's usually a couple guys that you're interested in as well. So. There's today's wave, there's tomorrow's wave, and then there's Thursday's wave. And then we'll have you know, 99% of what what group we're going to be rolling into Arrowhead with in uh, whatever it is, 11 days, 10 days, something like that. Well, one of the first things also I think, though, I mean, you look at the linebacker room right now, and we're not really sure when Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa can put his helmet back on. I mean, it's not a joke, obviously. This is the case right now. You have stitches in your head. Well, he was back head. out today. He was back okay, out Okay, so there today. we go. There's so, one yeah, instance. I think yeah. one thing that surprised everybody a little bit today, and I know you you know, uh, you know, spoke about it on social media, was, wait a minute, Tony Fields could be ready to go week one? Because yeah. that certainly came out of nowhere because it was like Tony Wood, and it was like we all figured, oh, well, maybe this year could just be a wash, and we'll see right. where it is. But all of a sudden, out of nowhere, uh, you know, we have hopes and potential that he could be available and ready to go week one. Yeah, and it could. This could all just be smoke. I mean, you know, it's a big poker game with 32 GMs right now, so it could be smoke. He could be going on the short term IR and keep him there most of the year because it's not like he just missed the last couple of weeks. He missed rookie mini camp, OTAs, mini camp, and all of camp. And the guy didn't practice until like. Thursday I I think that was the first time he was out on the practice field now obviously the coaching staff sees him in his you know rehab work and and work on the side far more than we do so you know if they think he's ready then he's ready but yeah that one we all thought was you know uh, they might sneak him through on the 53 but then he's going to be gone for most of the time so but I mean heck if he's ready I know you and I both liked him during the draft process the kid's got a lot to offer especially with his speed on special teams so 
But that one was a little bit shocking. And the, I, I got to be honest, the one I was most surprised about was Javante Moffitt because we know how much Joe Woods loves safeties. Um, and you know, John Johnson, obviously an anchor, uh, Ronnie Harrison has been dinged up, but you, you assume that he's going to be okay. Uh, Richard LeCount, six round safety has looked good, but he is a six mm-hmm. round rookie and Grant Delpit, uh, you know, uh, even without the hamstring setting him back, we all expected him to be brought along slowly the first half of the year. So I, I find it incredibly difficult to believe that they're going to, to run out to Kansas city with, basically, you know, two and a half safeties, you know, I, I just don't think now I know that they consider MJ Stewart mostly a safety now, but he's missed most of camp, you know, so I'd say boat Exactly. He just makes it more of a, uh, more of a weakness at the position than a strength. And if you're counting him as a safety, well, then you've only got five cornerbacks. I think they need another one, even if he's mostly a special teams guy. So I have to imagine, um, I mean, I'm hoping that Sheldon Day and Javante Moffitt are both, you know, the procedural moves. They, they know they can get these guys back. So, you know, they're going to, they let them go so that they could get Jacob Phillips and who and Michael Dunn on, and then they'll put those guys under the short-term IR and then they'll bring those guys back. And it, it feels like that's what the world, both of those guys are living in, but we don't know. We don't know for sure yet, but I just, I cannot imagine that at least one safety um, and or safety cornerback hybrid type guy uh, and one guy on the edge isn't isn't joining the team from outside from somewhere tomorrow and or Thursday. It just I, you never know, I guess. But I would be stunned if, if one of if those two positions aren't addressed in the next 48 hours. Yeah. And for me, and this is something and uh, we had spoken about this you know, with Pete and it's great that you believe Malik Jackson, Malik McDowell, you know, Malik Jackson, you know, he can do this. Malik McDowell, this might be a gradual thing because the last right. thing you want to do is put too much on. But as of now, Stephen, this is, you know, it's almost, you wonder if it's cutting your nose to spite your face because if these two are going to get snaps at edge, you were not really positive where Billings is at. It looks like Elliot maybe, you know, found his footing here where he can be a contributor. Right. But if these guys are going to go to edge, who the hell's playing inside? Right, because Tommy Togi is simply not ready. Uh, I think he was no. a great pick. I think he was a steal at one. And I think they knew this. I think and, they knew this. Yeah, um, and I think long term he can be everything that we talked about him being right after the draft. I think he's got a ton of potential. People need to remember he's still exceptionally young. I think he just turned twenty one. So for an NFL interior defensive lineman, that's a you know that's a toddler. I mean, you're in there against grown-ass men at this point heaven's light years of the world and you're trying to take food off their kids table it's not enough just to be big and mean anymore this isn't the big 10 this is this is grown-ass men stuff now so i would have to imagine that tommy togia is going to be one of the inactives for at least the first half of the year unless you know barring injuries or something like that so yeah that's the whole thing only eight guys uh, on the defensive line at this point, if you're going to be rotating two of them out on the edge on a regular basis, well, then you're really spreading yourself thin in the middle. Um, now, I know we all expect the Browns to be protecting a lot of leads and edge pass rush is going to be more important than run stuffing up the middle. I get that. I totally understand that. And knock on wood, let's hope it comes true in you know, 14, 15 of these 17 games. That'd be fantastic. But still, you need somebody in there. And if 
those guys are out on the edge for half the game. And then you've got Andrew Billings and Jordan Elliott are going to be freaking exhausted by November because they're taking so many snaps. So I, yeah, I, well, we'll wait and see what happens. It could be as simple as they're just going to bring back whichever one of that trio they released today makes it through uh, uh, waivers. And that's what they're going to do. Um, but there are, there are guys out there that are interesting that I'm sure they're maybe going to put a waiver claim in on whether they make it to 26 or not. We don't know, but you know, it'll probably end up being something boring like Joe Jackson comes back after they put Jacob Phillips on IR. And then, you know, we'll all have spent all night talking about crap for nothing. So, you know, um, <laughs> but uh, it's a nice position to be in that we're talking about the, the fourth and fifth edge and the, and the sixth linebacker, instead of, you know, when you started this podcast, we're, we're like, okay, if, you know, so-and-so wide receiver makes it to us in the waiver wire, he's starting in eight days, you know. So it's it, these are rich team problems. It's a nice problem to have. Uh, I think you're talking about one Brashard Perriman, who absolutely fit that bill. <laughs> this is terrible. I can't believe they brought him in. And then, you know, I think it was one reverse against Kansas City. Is there a way we can get Rashard Perryman a little bit more involved? <laughs> so, um, but it is funny the way it all worked out. And also, there is this line of maybe we don't think they're good enough to be here. And so we'd like to get a look at somebody new, somebody fresh, maybe somebody getting in here now later in the year, seeing this opportunity and saying, oh, man, even if I get a rep or two on the other side from a Jadavian Clowney or a Miles Garrett. There could really be some easy opportunities for me to make a little bit of name of myself and a little bit of name yourself in the NFL leads to three, four, five million dollar contracts. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. Exactly. It's we are we have to remember that the Browns of five years ago couldn't you couldn't get any free agents to come there unless that there was nowhere else for them to go. And they just wanted a bag now. We are a destination, which is unbelievable to believe. And and like you just said on the, and we've been saying it on our Twitch show for a while now, you're telling me I have a chance to come up as an interior defensive lineman. And I look to my left and my right, and I've got Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, Tack McKinley, Malik Jackson, and Malik McDowell. Well, heck, I, I'm going to get the worst lineman on the other team every single time. You're damn right I want to play there because I can cash in. I I can pack these stats on and uh, cash in next season. So, you know, a guy like a Montrevis Adams who was uh, uh, released in New England or a, a Quincy Roche, the rookie uh, yep. got released from Pittsburgh, Tim, Tim Ward. I think Pernell McPhee – I know a lot of Browns fans have been asking me about Pernell McPhee in Baltimore – that feels like a procedural thing to me, like like we've been talking about the Browns might be doing with uh, Sean Or it means Day. two things. Or it means he's done. Or it means there's nothing or, left. Or that, yeah. So, um, But if it's not, and if he has even a little bit in the tank, that's a guy I would be interested in because he doesn't have to be the guy. Again, we're not talking about bringing guys in to give us 65 snaps and we need double-digit sacks out of them. We're talking about a guy to come in and give us What's your fourth edge get? 15, snap, 20 snaps on a good day, unless there's injuries in front of him. I, I think for an L. McPhee or, or those guys of that age, or even Adrian Claiborne, we, we still have to keep Adrian Claiborne in there. He knows the system. He knows the locker room. He knows the coaching staff. These are guys that even at their age, 32, 33, you're not asking them to play like they did 10 years ago. All they have to do is come in and play with their hair on fire for 15 snaps a game. Do I think a guy like Pernell McPhee would be worth a look at least for a week or two? Absolutely, I do. 
Um, now, obviously, this front office skews young, and I see the benefit in that. Would I rather have a 24-year-old? Of course I would. Who wouldn't? But we're talking about a short-term thing. We're not talking about giving the guy a six-year, $500 million contract. You know, we're talking about bringing a guy in for close to the minimum for one season, and if he doesn't work out in six weeks, you dump him. So, yeah, I would I, – him and or even a Jason Strobridge or – um, uh, heck Jordan Willis, you know, I mean, he had a couple decent years in Cincinnati as a pure speed rusher. That might be a guy they might look at who knows. But, uh, like we said a, a minute ago, the most boring thing is usually what ends up happening after we all spend hours and hours com- computing everything. So <laughs> my guess is it's just going to be Joe Jackson comes back in 24 hours and we're all going to have wasted all this. Or Sheldon time. Day. Or, or Sheldon, Sheldon Day. Day. Or Sheldon yeah. Day because of versatility. <laughs> Something of that nature. So we're going to go with that. We're going to flip it up here. We're going to go to the offensive side here. And it's a little interesting, And but I think the thing is there's a dearth of riches there. We're going to get to that as we get to the offensive side of the ball. The OBRs and the Not the Same Browns podcast. And, of course, you know, killing it on Twitch. Mr. Stephen Thomas along for the ride on your latest L-O-B. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, uh, or NCAA football, the NFL, and UFC MMA action. For the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Now, Stephen, five wide receivers, three tight ends. Demetric Felton makes this here as a nice little, you know, cookie cutter piece that can go here. It can also go there. There's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of return action, young man. I think the first name I just want to mention, and just with the skill, this is how deep they are. And it comes to the point of, are you ever going to get an opportunity to actually play? And I think this is exactly where it got with Kaderil Hodge. Uh-huh. And I think everybody fell in love. Obviously, a touchdown reception against the Giants. A touchdown reception against the Falcons. I think that wasn't so much more that the Browns, you know, felt the Hodge was a piece as much as it was a showcase. And look, they weren't able to trade him. And I'm sure maybe that's what they were kind of hoping for. But in the same instance, it was kind of doing the dude right. You know, giving him opportunity. And look, there's plenty of places for Kadero Hodge to make this team as wide receiver six. We probably wouldn't have seen him. You know, it's obvious Donovan Peoples-Jones has passed him in the pecking order. Anthony Schwartz brings something that he doesn't. You are not going to tell Baker Mayfield that you're moving on from Rashard Higgins. It's just not going to happen. But it was also an opportunity, and there are plenty of places. You know, Detroit, right off the bat, Kaderil Hodge is a wide receiver two, if not a wide receiver three at worst. You know, there's the bottom rung where we used to live and reside for so many damn years. But they tried to do Kaderil Hodge right. And I think this is one thing we noticed, whether it was JoJo Natson whether it was Kaderil Hodge, went to social media and, you know, said, you know, I thank you, you know, to the fans, to the organization, understanding. And this is what is so great to see because this, you know, it doesn't mean so much just for this year, but it gives you the idea of the way they are trying to do things for future years, doing guys the right way. 
which is also leads to where you get guys like Jadavian Clowney saying, yeah, man, I really wanted to come here. Yeah, do right and we'll do right by you. We said it uh, together on this show like a month ago, and uh, that was definitely part of it too. Although I will say this, what we heard on the OBR from our uh, sources on the inside was that one of the reasons they did not trade him, probably the biggest reason was they really, really wanted to try and get him back. And obviously if you trade him, that's not possible. It seems highly unlikely that he would make it all the way through waivers and come back, but I think they figured that was a better chance you know, obviously than trading him where there's zero chance of you getting him back. But yeah, that's the other thing. And we've been talking about that for months with both him and Richard Higgins. How happy are they going to be with the volume of targets that they're going to get in the middle to the bottom of this particular wide receiver room? Because they're just not going to get what they need to cash in next year. And especially for a wide receiver, it's sort of trending in the way of running backs and that there are so many athletes out there, their opportunities to cash in are getting smaller and the windows are getting shorter. So if you have a chance to go someplace, if you're a Kadero Hodge, who let's not forget last year, he beat out Rashard Higgins for the wide receiver three role in camp. It was not that he was just some special teams guy. Like we thought when they first signed him, I thought he's just a special teams body or whatever. Mm -hmm. He was the third wide receiver last year before he Up got Up until hurt. that hamstring in Dallas, which changed everything. Exactly. And the kid can play, man. He's big. He's fast. He's got great hands. He creates separation. He blocks his ass off. He's a great, great football player, I think. I mean, you know, he's not Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, but he can go out there and for the right team, he's going to cash in next year. That would be fabulous for him because he's one of those guys that just does whatever you ask him to do. He does it with class and he does it at a speed and a level higher than what you expect. So I think the biggest thing with Kadero Hodge was uh, they really wanted to keep the door open for him to come back. But even if he makes it through waivers and Brad uh, Stainbrook, our great uh, young insider guy uh, passed this along on the Twitch earlier tonight, uh, his camp thinks even if he, if he does somehow pass through waivers, which I highly doubt, um, he'll probably go elsewhere for all the reasons that you enumerated. It's just a chance to play. It's just a chance to play that he is Money's not fine, going but at to the end of the here. day, these guys have the ego of, you know, I want to be out there. And, you know, he, you know, Cleveland winning a Super Bowl title, yeah, that seems like a really great idea. Kaderil Hodge, no, I'd like to go get the opportunity to catch 35, 40 passes in a season. Well, and, you know, let's not discount that. Let's not be in those people that say, oh, $2 million isn't a lot of money. I don't care who you are. $2 million is a lot of freaking money. But <laughs> if you know what you're doing, yes. <laughs> if you can go somewhere else and play for, you know, 1.2 this year, but you're going to get that volume of targets to cash in next year for a three-year, $8 million a year contract, that's a little more than $2.1 million. And he's simply, unless there's multiple injuries in front of him, He's simply not going to get that opportunity here in Cleveland. So, again, it's, it's kind of what we said back at the beginning. The initial 53 is not always about who's the best player. It's about situations. It's about playing poker. You know, these the GMs are all playing poker with each other right now. And in order to do some other stuff, some tough choices had to be made. And unfortunate, unfortunately, Kaderil uh, was the one without a chair when the music stopped. There, there's been some talk about the keeping of the 10 offensive linemen, but I think this is one where, you know, and the Browns were smart with this. Look, you know, the rookies, obviously they felt they did not get a lot of time to truly evaluate them and they're not ready to move on from any of them. 
So there, James Hudson is here, and certainly with the hopes of not having to use him anytime soon. To be inactive Harris, a lot. Yeah. Of course, Nick Harris, we have no idea if somebody else has got to go snap for Baker Mayfield other than J.C. Treader, who that's truly going to be. Nick Harris obviously got the opportunity Sunday night, but we don't have no guarantee it's truly going to be Nick Harris. I think they got themselves into a position where to ensure, and the key to so much of this, obviously, is the offensive line. They said, look, we need to go a little bit deeper here. So if it's one or, God forbid, hopefully not two guys out, we can continue that this offensive line hums and basically sets the tone for all of these skill players to be able to succeed like they want them to. Yeah, and I think it's a combination of a couple of things. Uh, we've been talking all summer about the incredible depth, 12, maybe 13 rosterable offensive linemen on this roster. And that's an absolute fact. Even the guys they cut, even Javon Patterson, who basically had no chance unless there was injuries, the guy can he can be a competent player for somebody in this league. He's going to take snaps for somebody in this league this year. But due to injuries, uh, Al- Alex Taylor got hurt. Greg Sennett's on season-ending IR. Drew Forbes went to season-ending IR. That incredible depth that we thought they were going to make a trade or two out of has dissipated to the point where they really can't take any chances because James Hudson, who we all like and think has a future, he's not ready. He's absolutely not ready at this point. You do not want to put Baker and Mayfield's knees or Nick Chubb's knees in the hands of James Hudson uh, yet. Now, by the second half of the season, hopefully that changes. But Michael Dunn's back injury was a huge thing. We don't know how serious that is. I expect him to go on short-term IR. I think I saw somebody say that that's what's going to happen tomorrow. So that's at least three weeks, as many as six maybe, that he's not going to be there. And before the back, he was as close to a quote-unquote lock as a backup lineman can get. The dude was crushing it. And he was getting reps at center. Now, with him not there... I think they had to keep both Nick Harris and Blake Hans, who has taken a lot of snaps at center, yep. because that's it. That's their depth. The two of them and Chris Hubbard, who is just continues to be Chris Hubbard, is yep. you know not a top ten offensive lineman, but reliable at. I don't know if he can snap, but he can play the other four positions at, at a reliable level. Uh, and so there was no way he was going anywhere. But that's your depth right now: Nick Harris, Blake Hans, and Chris Hubbard until Michael Dunn comes back. So. Again, I think the injuries made it necessary on this initial 53 to go heavier at certain spots just to protect yourself. Because I think after the first group of moves, if they decide they wanted to take Blake Hans and move him to the practice squad, they'll have a better chance of having that happen a week from now, two weeks from now, three weeks from now, than they would right now where everyone is looking everywhere for any kind of offensive line help. So I think they're okay I think they're going to be fine at the offensive line, you know, barring any catastrophic knee injuries to anybody, but it's going to be just a little dicey until Michael Dunn comes back. Um, And that's again, Drew Forbes and Greg Sennett within the last 48 hours, both going on season ending IR was something none of us could have seen coming. Yeah, that was a, that was a blow that came, you know, rather quickly. And for a player like Kadero Hodge, that could have been his roster spot. Yep. Um, this fourth edge that we keep talking about, that could have been that roster spot. Absolutely. And I think there's such a universal feel when the offensive side of the coaches that, you know, they understand how special this group is. And look, they may not be able to keep it together for as long as they'd wish, but they understand. And, you know, Nick Chubb understands and certainly Baker Mayfield understands and all these receivers and tight ends. Um, if Baker's on his ass, 
ain't no balls coming anybody's way. So obviously the hand was tipped. Um, it'll play out the way it's going to play out. And, you know, for some of these players, you know, whether it's a guy like Nick Harris, it, it may not be as safe as, you know, he hopes it is, uh-huh. but it's just the way it works. And, but again, these things sometimes have a way to work themselves out. We're going to get to a couple of names here. And well, let me, let me Stone, say one more thing on this while yes, we're sir. talking about the interior offensive line. I just want to say this, and I, and no matter how many times I say this or you say it, it's going to happen anyway. When If you see me mock Tyler Linderbaum in the first round of early season mocks, keep this in mind and don't yell at me quite so hard because I know we're all looking at wide receiver. We're looking at edge. We're looking at interior. I know we are. And those are definitely in the mix at this point. But you look at the contract situation and the backup situation and everything else along that interior I'm telling you, interior offensive line is a real possibility early. And Tyler Linderbaum, if you have not watched him, is a freaking stud. Him and the kid at Texas A&M, whose name is currently escaping me, are monsters. And they're perfect for this offensive scheme system. So just keep that. I got my first way too early mock draft coming out on the OBR on Saturday. Please, if it turns out to be Tyler Linderbaum, don't yell at me. Okay, there's a reason for all of it. First things first, you had me at Linderbaum. And as always, <laughs> here's to you, no way in hell guy. Here's That's right. To you. <laughs> I can't I know you're old enough too. Whenever I hear Tyler Linderbaum, I think of Seinfeld. Man, go bomb. Man, go bomb. Except you got Linderbaum. It. Yeah. So okay. <laughs> you saying I can't lift that TV? You saying I can't lift that? <laughs> Such a stupid storyline, but I laughed. King of the Crips. King of the Crips. And they bring in the cigar rollers. <laughs> Are you sure these are real Cubans? If they were any more Cuban, Casher would have smoked them, smoked them himself. Are we talking about people or cigars? With yes. that, we will segue to our final segment. Today I want to tell you about the simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV, Direct TV Stream brings you brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. Which, of course, means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So stop waiting and put together your put your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. All the Built Bar fans have their favorite flavors. If you don't know the Built Bar lineup by now, you are certainly missing out. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there's a little something for everyone. Mint brownie does rule the Lloyd household. If you haven't tried all the flavors yet, you should get a mix box where you will get two of each of the nine flavors, 18 in total. Not only are Bilt Bars the best tasting, but they are healthy too. Most of the flavors contain 17 grams protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D, all caps, 15, to get 15% off your first order. Again, LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. Steve, you've kind of gone through some of the people you're looking at. Um, I want to go something here a little different. Um, we've seen Pittsburgh have some struggles so far this summer, but Baltimore, this is the one, and I can't emphasize this enough. They had a huge role 
for J.K. Dobbins. And mm-hmm. obviously, so many of these listeners, Ohio State fans, Steve, you know what I thought of him in that 2020 draft class. Obviously, there was no way he was going to end up at Cleveland Brown. But this is a significant blow for that team. And first thing I think is Seattle's got a whole bunch of running backs. There's got to be something that Baltimore's got to do because so much of Lamar Jackson's success is having a running back that teams have to respect, fear, honor. And without Jake, and it's not a knock on Gus Edwards. He does his role well. He's not a receiver. He's not a threat in that respect. He's more north and south, and he's got wiggle and juice to that respect. This is really, really a big blow to Baltimore, and especially with the favor in the schedule that the Browns were given, this is something the Ravens can't ignore, and they got to find something to bring to the table here. Yeah, I I mean, honestly, I haven't looked around at running backs because we have a plethora. Uh, uh, so I haven't really dug into who's out there. If John Kelly, hey, he's going to end up in Baltimore, for God's he, sake. That he was might. Everybody. He absolutely might. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if you hear, you know, Harbaugh and the team, they're saying all the right things. We believe in Gus Edwards, next man up. Uh, exactly like they're supposed to. And who knows, maybe Justice Hill takes a big step forward. You know? Uh, player I, I liked, which is always funny know. because all the players we like, Steve, end up in the AFC North, even if they don't end up in the Browns. Oh, they're they're definitely Jake. Jake Burns and I are convinced that they have bugged our houses because everybody we like, the Ravens and the Steelers, take uh, um, Alex Highsmith. Oh my God, I, I'm still mad that he ended up Blake, in uh, the Benny Snell, um, McFarland. They're both Pittsburgh Steelers. These were guys they salivated over. Kendrick Green, their center, who's yep. you know uh, going to be great for them. Boy, would he have looked good in brown and orange. But yeah, they're definitely. Uh, and, and, you know, you don't want to get Sam or Corey started on Rashad Bateman. They'll cry. They'll literally cry. Uh, yes. But, you know, I, I don't know what they're going to do, but it's absolutely right that uh, it relies. Now, this is not to say I don't want anyone to. And I don't I know. I know you didn't mean this, but some people might have heard what you said and said, oh, so, you know, it, um, um, Lamar Jackson is going to struggle this year without Jake. No, a guy like Lamar Jackson simply doesn't struggle. He's just too freaky. It's just too good. But having that threat is huge. It's a massive thing because your your linebackers and your defensive linemen they have to honor it. There's no way around it. And that you know quarter of a second, eighth of a second that you have to wait. That's all a guy like Lamar Jackson needs. Now, can Gus Edwards and Justice Hill and I don't even know who they have in the deep parts of their of their uh, uh, depth chart. Uh, can they step up and be a guy that's that much of a threat? I don't know. You know, Baltimore is one of those franchises that just seems to turn guys out. Sort of like the Steelers and tight ends. The Ravens just seem to find linebackers and running backs from nowhere every single year. So I wouldn't count it out, but I'm with you. There's something needs to be done. But even if it takes them three games to figure it Thank out and it costs them a win or two, that could end up being huge because I really think it's going to be a fight to the finish. I, I you know, people like to say, Oh, the Ravens. And everybody suck. knows yeah. that the Ravens love that trade deadline and they have no problem. Oh. If they think they're in it, sacrificing their soul to get what they need. Absolutely. You know, and, and you know, people let their fandom blind them. They want to say that, you know, the, the Ravens suck. And for years, Oh, the Steelers suck. Well, I'm sorry. They're 12 and four. They don't suck. I, you know, the, <laughs> I don't like them. <laughs> I wish they <laughs> sucked. But they don't suck. It's going to be us and the Ravens. I, and I think one, even if it's one game that they can't figure it out, that could make all the difference in the playoff yeah. seating come, come uh, January. So 
Yeah, it's definitely a blow. Um, as and you never want to see anybody get injured. But as a Browns fan, if it could have happened in the last game instead of the game before that, that would have been nice. Um, <laughs> but give them a little less time to work on the problem. But um, yeah, I don't know how that's going to play out there. Uh, I do know one thing. Uh, I am not going to take them lightly. I'm not going to you know, write them off. Uh, heck, I'm not even writing the Steelers off until I see it with my own eyes. I've just been burned by them supposedly being down and out and then somehow winning 11 games too many times in my life to fall for it again. So um, it, it'll help for sure. But I honestly, and, I, and this is what you get from this front office and this coaching staff. It's part of this new, you know, and I know Pete hates this word, but it's part of the culture. They really don't pay that much. I mean, they pay attention, but really they're focused on what they're doing. If we take care of our business, it's not going to matter what the Baltimore Ravens do because we can handle and stack W's. I really think that's the way they do it. I don't think it's just lip service from this group. It feels different than when other teams have said it and other groups here in Cleveland have said it. So, yeah, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. It's something that you're like, okay, well, that could help us, and I like that. But I'm not really going to worry about it all that too much. I'm more worried about what we're going to do with the, you know, the linebacker and the edge and everything that we talked about at the beginning of this show. And for me, the one thing is, it, it, and where it is something maybe you're going to keep your eyes on at Cleveland Browns wise is, you know, as the progression of Lamar Jackson continues here, the last thing you want to do is put it in a position where Lamar's got to, you want him to use that special ability to run with the football when he thinks it's needed, you don't want to be calling more and more of these because right. <laughs> he's gone. That, but I mean, that ship, it's not, I mean, you're literally, you know, you're in Hawaii, you are looking down at the USS Arizona. It's over because uh-huh. you can't put it all on him, especially with a 17 game season. And, you know, so much of a talked about it with this, with the 17 game season, Oh, the opportunity, maybe there's going to be no opportunity for the Browns or the Ravens to be resting anybody. They got to play all 17 because it, it's going to be, you know, obviously peeking it back and forth at each other and every game is going to matter. And with the added game and the last thing you need to do is, you know, to put more in more of number eight in jeopardy. But this also could be one thing where it's like, well, there's a wild card. The Ravens are about to pull out of nowhere. And, uh-huh. you know, like you said, they can always find a way to do this. And, you know, that's the part where it's like, well, damn, you know, we spent, six months planning and like, all right, what can we do? You know, even Steven get ourselves over this Ravens hump. And all of a sudden now they're going to pull a rabbit out of the hat possibly. So that's something you certainly have to keep your eyes on folks. It's been a tremendous few days. Obviously this is fun. It feels so weird to be talking about an initial 53, Steve on a Tuesday night. I mean, it's just so strange because this (laughs) is now with the way preseason was this way. You know, normally this is a Labor Day weekend type of thing. And, you know, they're, you know, Steve and I, you know, we are the guys, you know, I'm going to crap out what's going on. That's great. The Johnson's family barbecue. I'll be over mm-hmm. there. But, um, you know, I'm going to track down who's going to be the sixth, seventh cornerback. I don't like this, those that, people the other anyway. thing. It's so, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> I'm not sure what is in that keg, but it seems all the same bad or whatever. I'll bring my own beer. But it was just, it's just so crazy that this is like a Tuesday thing. But, hey, look, the NFL, if it's more football, more length of football, I mean, you got me there. Uh, Steven Thomas, obviously, from the OBR, fantastic group of guys over there uh, just continuing to churn things out uh, as they've taken the nightly show to Twitch. Uh, just an opportunity you know, for the platform to grow and some great, great workers. Uh, so make sure you're checking everything out. Make sure you're following. 
my buddy over at Browns Mock Draft. Uh, the show itself at Lockdown Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open. We're closing in on 10K. Let's get that done before the weekend. I keep can't keep harping and tweeting about this crap, people. Let's get this over with. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Roster cuts. We have our first 53, which is now already our first 52. The ever tinkering will never change as Andrew Barry and company continue to go to work trying to get the best product available to go September 12th into Kansas City. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.